Welcome to the Players First Podcast, where we look to showcase the stories, journeys, and development of former and current professional basketball players and their continual growth in knowing who they really are. Today's guest is Travis Diener. Travis is a former Marquette standout, a former NBA draft pick, and currently plays overseas in the Italian League with Vanoli Cremona. We talked to him today about taking pride in your education, managing your time, maximizing your ability, and to stop and appreciate moments of joy. Hope you enjoy this podcast and look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Travis. Happy to join you. Thank you so much for joining us, man. I, I really do appreciate your time and uh, just so thankful that you agreed to come on. Uh, now I'm going to start off like I do every podcast, Travis, in that. How are you introduced to the game of basketball? Well, I think naturally when I was really young, uh, my parents used to tell me that any basketball, baseball, or football that was laying around the house, I was I was always playing with it. And then, you know, at a very young age, my dad kind of introduced me to the game. And, you know, I had this little mini basketball hoop in, in my um, like dining room. And, you know, I just played every day and, and kind of just fell in love with the game at a, at a really, really young age. Yeah, no, that's great, man. I mean, there's, uh, I don't know, kids nowadays start even younger, right? Like, so, like, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of kids that start early off like you did then. And, yeah, I'm not sure the passion's there for the game. It's just something they do, right? And so, like, when I think about the game or when I think about when you say I started early, who were some of the greatest influences other than your dad teaching you how to play the game? Who were some of your, your biggest influences? Yeah, you know, I come from a family of, of basketball players and coaches. I've had two uncles that are uh, were longtime high school basketball coaches in the state of Wisconsin, very successful. One of them, I actually, I mean, I ended up playing for in high school. But, you know, so and then I have, you know, assist, both my sisters played uh, college basketball. I have a bunch of cousins that played, you know, Division One college basketball. So I, I, would, I would just say my family as a whole, um, you know, every family get-together, anytime we were around each other, it was always basketball games, you know, competitions, yeah. stuff like that. So uh, for me, it was, um, you know, my, my parents first, uh, then my sisters, and then obviously my extended family, my cousins, and my uncles. Yeah, so what was your experience like in high school? Because we all, we all know that, hey, man, if you, you're going to go play at Marquette, right? I mean, you've got to be a player. You can't just be, you know, some bum uh, who just, you know, puts the ball in the hoop every now and then. But, like, how, what was your experience? I mean, even though things went great, what was your experience? Like, what? How did you view that through your lens? You know, it was, it was great. And, you know, I, I got to play um, high school basketball as a freshman. It started majority of the season for a team that was really good. And, uh, like I said before, my uncle was a coach. And I had three other cousins on that team as well. So my very first year of high school basketball, you know, I'm playing with, you know, my older cousin Drew, who was uh, who played at St. Louis, who was like Gatorade State Player of the Year. Um, so, you know, we had a, a great time and, and kind of, you know, just enjoyed, you know, playing four years uh, for my uncle. You know, when I was growing up, I never, you know, I didn't have these. My dreams weren't to play in the NBA or, or play division one basketball I always felt like you know my high school my, my uncle's high school team that was the NBA to, to me and my 
my other cousin, who's, who's my best friend, who's the same age, but we always grew up and like, man, can't wait to play for, for which was his dad, but my uncle, you know, can't wait to play for him. Um, we were the water boys, you know, we traveled to all the games and, and give the, the players water. And so we always thought that was the pinnacle of, of basketball. And then once you, you know, once you obviously start getting better and better and then you, know, you get these letters from these colleges, then you realize that, you know, your your dreams and aspirations kind of change and they grow. And, you know, my high school career kind of, uh, you know, jump-started the rest of my, you know, what, what ended up being a, a long and uh, a long professional career. That's great. You're, you're saying stuff to the effect of, like, tradition. Tradition mattered, uh, you know. Right. I've seen that, like, at small schools, small private schools. You see how the tradition continues in a sense, like, the water boys one day are the, you know, starting point guard or, you know, they wind up becoming coaches at some point. I mean, that's usually the, the, the progression. And, uh, so yeah, but I like what you said about you you saw how good you were becoming and what your potential could be. And then your dreams kind of changed and adjusted and grew like, that's really important. I don't think, I don't think, uh, enough people do that in their lives. They think that, well, I'm working, this is it. This is my life. And like, I just think it's completely kind of off subject, but on subject, like we can always adjust our dreams and, and continue to dream and inspire to be more. So I like that. That is a really good way of saying that. Now going into Marquette, what was that experience like? And then also going to a final four, having so much success. Yeah. I mean, you kind of, you know, you have these things in your mind that, you know, it'd be great to do this and do that. And, um, and most kids are like that, but then, you know, you realize like what kind of work is going to have to be put into achieve those. It just doesn't happen. And, yeah. and, and to be honest, it, it just doesn't happen for a, you know, six foot white kid to, to play in the NBA. That's, I mean, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of those that, that happens to. So you realize that, uh, and maybe that's why my dreams weren't to play in the NBA because I thought it was maybe way too far fetched. Yeah, but I think I took it more so as a as a maybe a week by week, month by month, year by year kind of thing. Like, okay, where can I get you know from from this point to to next week or this point next year instead of like where I saw myself, you know, ten years down the line. And I, I think I did that, you know, going into college too. You know, the jump from high school to college is is huge. I mean, it's, it's all the size, athleticism, uh, strength. So you, you learned, uh, you learned adjust, you learn, uh, a different type of work ethic, you know, how you worked in high school, isn't going to work. isn't going to work on how hard you have to work in college because everyone is good. And, you know, you got to change your work habits. You got to work even harder. And, you know, I, I think, you know, getting to that point where, you have people around you that believe in you just as much as you believe in yourself. And they see things that maybe you don't see in yourself. And that's where, you know, coach Green was huge for me. He had a vision for me from day one that, you know, you're going to be the best possible basketball player you can be. Um, he never talked about the NBA, but you know, as I was going through, you know, my first couple of years in, in college, he'd always say, you know, one day you could, you could get to this level. And, you know, at that point it was, it was more of a, a pipe dream for me. I was like, you know, I'm just trying to enjoy my college experience. I didn't really know, you know, when you're going through, you don't know how good you are, you don't know how bad you are. And then, you know, you have a couple, you know, we're talking about that final four, you have a couple of good, uh, you know, big games in the final four and or in the NCAA tournament and that kind of, 
you know, people kind of take notice and, and it kind of just, you know, went from there. Yeah, I know you talk about Coach Crean. I was on a, a Zoom call with him and a, and a bunch of other coaches recently, and, you know, I kind of had my idea of who he was, which we all do uh, of, you know, big-time, you know, high-major Division One coaches. We all kind of think what we think about them. And I never had any negative thoughts about him, but he blew my mind as far as kind of the genius of what he does, the way he, you know, just answered questions and the way he approached the questions. And, and it was just like, wow, that guy is forward thinking. So when you say something like, you know, he had a vision for me, I can believe that because it sounds like he's always thinking ahead. He's two steps ahead of you every single time. And so that's fantastic, man. Like that, that had to have been such a good, uh, a great experience to play for somebody that was going to enable you and empower you to get to where somewhere, like you said, you didn't really think you, you was, it was achievable, but you were going to enjoy your time there. And so that's great, man. Like really solid experience. Now, given all like after the final four, you know, you're getting all the run, all the hype, you know, cause I remember that time too, man. I was like, who is this cat? You know, everybody knew Dwayne Wade, you know, but, but, right. but who is this guy? I'm not, I'm not going to inundate you with Wade co- uh, questions. Like, I want to I talk about you, all right? So just to let you know that, like, when when you were going through all that, how important was it to keep your circle small from outside influences who were trying to, like, you know, maybe push, you know, not, not necessarily pushing anything negative, but just to over overload you with thoughts and ideas that maybe weren't uh, realistic or not right for you? Yeah, I mean... I- for me, I've been very fortunate. Um, I grew up in a in a small a smaller town, a smaller city. Um, my, my family's always been essentially been my circle, and then I've you know a close group of friends too that I grew up with, and, and I've always kept it. I've always had a tight circle, and you know even as I've uh, I've had success throughout college and then professionally, I've, it's always been that that same group. And obviously, then as you grow and as you are you know, intertwined with more teammates, you know, your teammates become part of that circle. But I've never, I've never allowed myself to get caught up in, in what other, what people, first of all, what people think of me, uh, good or bad, um, because it, it can be detrimental both ways. Um, but, and I've always been a pretty guarded person as far as who I let, you know, close to me. And I've always, you know, kept it small, uh, like we were, like you were saying, and just kind of, if, if I, I think I have a good eye on, on how, on what people are, what their intentions are of me or, or how they act towards me. And I think I can fish that out, uh, rather quickly. So I've always been very, um, aware of, of who, you know, who I'm close with and, and who I want to be associated with and things of that sort. Yeah, no, you do things on your terms and, you open the door to who you want in. And I think that's important for, for anybody listening who's thinking, you know, maybe my my posse, my entourage is too big and my sphere of influence, I guess, at the ground level uh, is too big and I need to kind of, you know, maybe trim the fat, if you will. And so, right. yeah, that's a, that's an amazing way to, to have your family and, and your closest friends to still be there to support you and they, also to humble you if you can't humble yourself at times, and uh, I think this is really important. I know if you have a, if you had a, a dad, uncles, guys who you know, sisters, people around you who are players, I'm pretty sure they knew how to keep you humble and not let you kind of feel yourself too much, if you will. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you hit it right on the head. I mean, when you're when you're around, you know, you, when you have close, you have people close to you, and and you want people to tell you the truth. You want people yeah. to tell you uh, how it is, and if they don't, then uh, I don't think they have, you know, what's what's best for you. So, my sisters have done a really good job of that with me. They're, they're both younger than me, but. You know, they're the first one to, you know, tell me, you know, well, you, you, you didn't get the job done here. You didn't do the, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So, um, yeah. but you need that. You need yeah. that. I mean, yeah. in basketball in itself is a very, very humbling game. For and sure. it can go from, you can go from the top of the mountain to the, to the bottom real quick or, or vice versa. And that's, that's, you know, that's kind of what um, I appreciate about basketball and about sports is, is, you know, how you, kind of how you deal with adversity because I think it's it comes up so often yeah no because then you can you can translate it into real life like you know the ups and downs like you said you can go from being a hero to a zero and everybody loves you one day and then, then two days later and then after the next game they all hate you and want you to transfer or trade you or whatever and uh so yeah I, I completely understand that now here again, from an onlooker's perspective, watching your career, you know, it seemed like everything was, you know, right as rain, easy peasy, all those sayings, right? But were there any struggles that you had in college? And if so, uh, how did you overcome them? Oh, yeah. I mean, as, as a college athlete, you deal with, you deal with a lot. And um, for me, you know, early in my career, I started off in, in the business school, and, you know, to, to try to balance, you know, trying to be a business major at Marquette and, you know, play high level division one basketball with coach Crane, who was, was ultra demanding. And there just wasn't a lot of time for both. You know, you had to kind of, I wouldn't say choose, but you'd be real diligent in, in, in how you attack both. And I did a very poor job academically my first, um, not at, probably my set, my, the year went to the final four. Um, the first year I did good, and then you know that second year when you start getting the advanced classes in business, and it really takes time and effort to to do well. And I, I just did a bad job balancing those. So you know it was a struggle for me uh, in that sense, and it kind of I think it translated on the floor a little bit early in that, that my sophomore year. And you know once I figured it out, once I um, found a way to better balance both, I became better at both, and um, that. I mean, that's always the key is, is finding um, finding a solution to, to whatever you're going through. Yeah, no, for sure. I like the fact that you brought, well, that you're open enough to talk about education because that led me to my next question. So, like in that process, growing up in high school, middle school, elementary, and then the college and all that, how important was your education in this whole process? Yeah, I mean, very important. I think you, you take a lot of pride in that, I mean, um, and I, you know, growing up, I always did, um, I mean, I wasn't a 4.0 student, but I always did well. You know, I was an honor roll all the time. And, you know, I get to, I get to, you know, college in my first, you know, session of summer school, I get, you know, a couple A's and then, you know, that's the expectation. Then that's the expectation from, from coach green. That's the expectation for myself. Well, well, this isn't that hard. Like, and, and you compete totally more wrong. And so then when you do deal with that that situation where you're not getting the job done in a classroom or you're not getting job, the job done on a court, you got to reevaluate, you got to yeah. figure it out. But education has always been important. Um, I, I found it to be um, a lot more important, you know, after I dealt with 
some of that and I, I reassessed, you know, what I needed to do. Um, so, you know, I think, I think there's just, you know, in education, it's a lot of, a lot of it's about discipline and if you have the, the right discipline and, and how you're going to attack it, um, you know, you can be successful at it and it doesn't take, you know, you don't have to be Albert Einstein to do well. Um, you just have to be, you know, you have to be disciplined. You have to, um, you know, you have to try. Yeah. And I, I found that to be like, if you try, if, if your professor or your teacher sees you trying, putting in work, um, you show up, you're, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're just present. Um, that goes a long way. For sure. Yeah. Giving an effort. It's, it's like coaches, uh, we always say to ourselves, I don't want to have to coach effort, you know, right? but you can coach a lot of other things in the game, but man, I have to coach effort is something that's really annoying and it kind of uh, takes away time from anything else. Now, I like how you said, reevaluate, reassess. Like, that's huge to stop yourself, be self-aware, and say, hey, hold on, I could do better. This could be better. How can I, like you said, find a solution? So that's great. And I think that speaks volumes to the college experience and having, like you said, to balance time on the court and time in the classroom. And then, of course, your personal time, too, you know, where everybody wants to be somewhat of a, social light when they get to college uh so yeah that's great man now what did you sacrifice or invest to be where you were at at that time well i, I think you just you probably just hit it i mean as if you want to accomplish i think in any in every any profession you have to sacrifice a lot of the the personal the social time that you know normal i mean a, a, a kid that's just going to school and, and isn't dealing with um you know, playing a sport, you know, you, you, you don't have time to, you can't go out every night. You can't, you know, you know, you can't drink every night. You have to, if, if you're playing basketball, you know, you got all the work and practice and tutoring and all that. Um, so I think you sacrifice that part of it. And that's, I mean, I think that's part of it, you know, growing up, you know, when I'm, when I was growing up and I was traveling to AU tournaments or every day I'm practicing basketball and my friends are out, you know, having fun, going to the swimming pool, um, doing whatever they're doing, you know, that, that was all part of it. And, you know, I knew that. And at times it, it sucked. You know, it's like, well, I just want to go and you know, hang out with my friends or in college, I want to go, you know, I want this night off. I just want to go to the, you know, maybe go to the bar and have a few drinks or just hang out. And you learn that that's not, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. And so I think you just sacrifice that, that, uh, kind of the college experience that you know every other kid has that you know you're never going to have and and don't get me wrong like my college experience is great you know which i mean but you do sacrifice i think it goes both ways you know the the normal college students like geez i wish i was you know big man on campus i wish i was a college basketball player and and vice versa you know as college athletes like man i gotta gotta wake up at five this morning go to the sand and work out and sit and I can't go out the night before because I have to do that. You know, yeah. so I think it goes both ways, but you know, that's kind of what you have to sacrifice if you want to be successful in anything. Uh, if you want to be great at anything, you know, it, it takes sacrifice. And if you don't, then you're just going to be average. Yeah, no. And you talked about kind of sacrificing the social part of it. I mean, you'll have plenty of time after you hit the game winning shot at the basketball tournament to have some Miller light, man. Like, You'll have plenty of time for that, you know what I'm saying? Looking down the road, it's like there's a time and a place, you know, recognizing as young people 
tend to not do is when there's a time and a place like all right right now is the time to study right now is the time to get to the input wake up at five o'clock and go work out right now is the time to hang out and, and chill and have a good time so yeah I appreciate you saying that because that's really something important for young players to hear even college players to hear because their priorities may not be uh, where they need to be so what was your feeling coming out of college and going into the draft did you have you know, were you excited? Were you nervous? I mean, what, what were those feelings like? Yeah, I mean, I said both. You know, it's it's um, it's a crazy experience because for me, I was kind of well, I got hurt my senior year, and I um, so I didn't know what to expect in the draft. I, I did a bunch of I ended up getting healthy, and I, was, I did a bunch of workouts for teams, and I performed well at the pre-draft camp in Chicago. And you know, my agent had told me, you know. It's going to be a um, you know ninety eight percent chance you're going to get drafted, and um, so I was I was you know obviously really excited, but also you know anxious and nervous because all, it's the NBA. It's the best what four hundred players in the world, and you know there's thoughts that go through your, your head. It's you know am I good enough? Can I play at this level? Um, you know things of that sort. So I think it was a combination of everything. You know draft night, you get drafted. It's the greatest moment. You know of my. Uh, professional of my, of my career to that point, you know, to, to hear your name called, and then you know, the next day you're like, well, now, now, you know, you're going to work. Now you're going against, you know, grown men, uh, the best players in the world. So uh, you're, you can change your your feelings rather quickly um, during that process. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you, we talked about some of those things that are life altering. We talk, you talk about like. Now, all of a sudden, it's a job. Now, all of a sudden, it's the biggest challenge that you've faced so far within the game. Uh, where do you stack up, you know, trying to find, figure that out? And not only that, how do you navigate through the experience of having so much time to yourself? Uh, what are you going to do? You know, nobody's telling you, hey, okay, you got to go to class now. Okay, you know, lights out at this time. Hey, you got to make sure you're up for workouts. Like, you got to do all that on your own. So, yeah, that, that is kind of a daunting uh, task and challenge at the beginning, I'm sure. Now, what was it like when you first realized you were professional in the game that you loved so much? Like, what did that feel like? What, did they hit you like a ton of bricks? How did that happen? No, I mean, it was, you know, fortunately for me, I was, I was 23 when I graduated college. So I think I was maybe more prepared than, than most of these guys, you know, because a lot of these guys are 18, 19 and they don't, they don't know any better. And yeah. you tend to, you tend to, you know, now that I'm older, I, I look back and you know, some of these guys had no chance. Yeah. And that was just by, by being immature and young. And I mean, I wouldn't have been ready to be a professional at 18. I was still in high school when I was 18 to, to say, you're going to go live on your own in a big city. You got all this money. Um, you got no one telling you what to do. Um, so for me, I felt I was ready and maybe not from a physical standpoint to compete in the NBA like that, but from a mental, you know, emotional, social aspect, I was ready. Like I, and I, you know, like we're talking about that circle and, and the, the closeness of my friends and family, they had helped them. They helped me. So I felt I was ready in that, in that way. And so that part of it wasn't a huge adjustment to me. I was ready to take it on with my life to be a professional. Um, but I can see where, you know, it's it's a struggle for, for a lot of kids. Yeah, no, you're right. When you when certain people lack discipline, uh, they're given the green light to just, you know, they got a boatload of money and it's like, okay, now 
just make sure you're at practice on this time. Just make sure you're here for the plane ride. It, it's like, wow, I get to this freedom that maybe if you're not uh, grounded and here again, disciplined, you can really go off the rails. And so, yeah, I can see how some people may have failed in that process. Now, uh, playing, obviously there's going to be challenges playing in the league like we talked about. Now you're playing against the best players in the world, but you're also part of that group as well. Uh, what were some of the challenges and even the joys of playing in the NBA, in the NBA besides, you know, actually playing? Like, what were some of the kind of the perks or what, what, what did you feel like how it enriched your life? Well, I mean, I think it just gives you, um, well, first off, you're at the, you're at the pinnacle of the sport. You know, you're, you're at the highest level of basketball. Now I wasn't, I wasn't a NBA all-star. I, I started a handful of games in my career, but I was, you know, to say that you made it to the, you know, the pinnacle of basketball, you're playing against the greatest players in the world. Um, so that in, in itself is, you know, you get instant credibility. Like, well, you're an NBA player. You you are at the top of your profession. So that instantly makes you feel good. I mean, you know, that's what you strive to do in anything. You, you want to be the best. So to be able to compete and play alongside and play against uh, the best, some of the best players that have ever played basketball uh, was something I, I never would have imagined when I was, you know, five, six, seven years old. So, I mean, that in itself is something I'm, you know, when I when I look back at my career, I'm, I'm really proud of, and um, I know how much I know how much time and sacrifice that not only myself made, but the people around me made to, to help uh, me achieve these things. So, um, that probably is, is the one thing that you know I'm uh, the most proud of is that you know I, I think when I look at myself in the mirror every day and I know that I, I maximize my, you know, God given ability and that, and I don't know how many people can say that, but yeah. uh, for me, it's, it's, that's kind of what makes, makes it all worth it. Yeah. Maximizing your abilities. Like who of us, yeah, you're right. Like I think about myself, I mean, do I maximize my ability every day? So yeah. that's Yeah. I mean, obviously you, you, you probably, you know, I've done it before too. Is that maximize my ability today? Probably not. But I think for a, for a whole career and, and to where I'm at, I think I did. And yeah. um, and, and the fact that I did, because I, I know there's um, thousands and thousands of kids that didn't. And if they did, they would have been a lot. But I went to play in the NBA. Yeah, it, it would have been possible. So um, there's kids that are a lot more. You know, that were have much more God-given ability than I did. Uh, but to maximize your ability. I think that's what every, um, I think that's the goal of any, you know, human being is you want to be the best version of yourself. And, um, I think I got to that point, um, in my career where, you know, I was the best, best basketball player that, you know, I could, I could have been. And, and that, that's satisfying. I think. Yeah, for sure. Because most people want to determine your success. But when you have the self-awareness and the confidence to say, nah, uh, my success is my success. And now on the terms that I deem successful is going to tell me how I feel about what happened. And, you know, body of work, man, never mind. You may have had one bad game or you may have got cut or even whatever. At the end of the day, you know that, wow, I should have never been here in the first place. And the fact that I got here, man, you know great great situation i won you know to that to that extent so yeah kind of defining your own success that's great man
Now, playing overseas, what was that experience like? You know, that, that playing overseas was the, the you know, I, I talk about playing in the NBA for, for the, you want to play in the NBA because, like I said, it's the pinnacle, it's the best. Yeah. Um, but after, you know, playing there for five years, um, I needed to change. I wanted, I wanted to play more. I wanted more of a role. I wanted to enjoy basketball again. And so my experience overseas was was the highlight of my professional career. I had, you know, first four years uh, in one in one place and then took a few years off to go coach at Marquette and then now the last three years back in another place in Italy. So seven years in Italy and you know, it was it's uh you know, when you when you integrate yourself into a, a, a country, into a culture, uh, you know, the people really respected that. Yeah. And it was just um it felt like being in college again with, with the atmosphere, the the close the close knit of the the cities to their to their basketball teams, um, you know, smaller arenas, they're sold out, fans are crazy. So in that aspect, it was uh, it was very fulfilling, and it was very uh, it was it was it was just a good good time. It was a fun time to be playing basketball. Yeah, no, you said something really important. Like, I felt like I was back in college. However, you were way more mature now to kind of navigate through that experience, whereas before, you know, who, you know, I don't know how, how well that all took place. You, you knew, you knew now how to take advantage of, you know, different things. And that's the thing that's most important here again, maximizing your ability. Sometimes maximizing your ability means you have to learn how to take advantage of certain opportunities that are presented to you by virtue of being a part of something that uh, you didn't realize you could be a part of. Like, I'm pretty sure that guys in the league aren't thinking, well, I can't wait to go play overseas. They're thinking I'm going to be here for the rest of my life, you know? And right. uh, so that definitely was, uh, like you said, you, you refound your love for the game to a degree and got to play more. So I think that speaks a lot to anybody listening that thinks, oh man, NBA or bus. Like I, I hear kids say that I hear, you know, younger adults say that. And it, to me, it's just like, Man, if you can just get paid to play somewhere and make a living, enjoy it. Have a good time. Because as you said, there's thousands of other people who are competing with you, whether you knew it or not, and they never got the opportunity. So that's great, man. Now, we'll talk to you about the basketball tournament because that was that's just fresh, right? It just happened, right? Hitting a game winner shot, game winning shot. Now, how did that shot compare, you know, how did that line up in your overall career? Where do you where do you put that at? Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been asked that, that quite a bit, and you know, it is so fresh. So it's it's um, the moment is still right in my mind, and um, and as you get older, I told people as you get older, you you learn to appreciate uh, the moments more, and you're grateful uh, for for those moments. Uh, a because you know, for me, I don't know how many more. I don't know if it'll ever happen again. I don't know how many more moments I have. Yeah. And B, like you just, you just, you're smarter, you're wiser. You you learn that. Um, you kind of, you learn by, you know, knowing that these moments aren't as big as you make them seem, or as small. You know, when you're in college, when I when I went to the Final Four, it was like we were so focused on the next day that we didn't even. We didn't even appreciate what had, what had happened or what we were accomplishing, and I think I think that's um, that's a problem when you when you have success uh, because you know as basketball players or coaches 
you put in all this time and effort. And if you don't kind of take a step back once in a while and just enjoy what you've accomplished or what you're doing, that kind of defeats the whole purpose of why you're in it in the first place. Because yeah. if you lose, if you lose, you're going to sit there and think about it all day and all night. And yeah. it's, it's hard. To, it's hard. To, I know it's hard because I've, I was the same way for so many years of my career. It's like every loss was so fresh and every win was more of a, a relief. And now we get to go to the next one. Um, I've learned now that, you know, these, these moments of happiness and joy, you have to really appreciate. And, um, this, this one that just occurred uh, a few weeks back is, um, you know, it was one of the highlights of my career. Uh, first off, because I got to represent Marquette again in a, in a smaller way, obviously, but to put on that jersey when I never thought I'd be able to do that ever again in my life. So they, the tournament has given me that opportunity. And then to do it with guys that I've kind of been competing with um, for the last few years. And then, you know, our coach was a, a college teammate of mine. So it's kind of like everything came full circle. Yeah. Um, so it was it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's to make a shot. You know, for to win a championship. Uh, you know, those, those are the moments you you dream about when you're a little kid, and uh, to to be able to do that uh, at 38 years old, um, and we have my three kids be able to watch it on TV. And, yeah. Um, you know, that's that's kind of so. If you're asking me right now. It's it's. It's it's right there at the top. Um, maybe if you ask me five years from now, it won't be. But because it's so fresh, it's, it's up there right now. Yeah, no, man, your your key sets a key, man. Your kids got to see that. Like, dad's a stud. Like, we heard stories about this, and maybe we saw a little bit of footage of how good dad was. But we saw it. You know, it just happened. All no, right. You know, no, I mean? my oldest, my oldest daughter, my oldest daughter keeps telling me I'm the best basketball player in the world. <laughs> I'm like, well, there's a lot, there's a lot more, there's a lot better players, but I appreciate it. Nah, take <laughs> he it. He just like, goes around saying that yeah. dad makes all the game winning shots. Yeah. No, nah, man. It's like you said, appreciate the moments of joy. Like, you know, I have four daughters, right? And, and if any of them were to say, hey, dad, you're the best besides the dad, like, obviously I am. But if they right. said something like you're the best basketball, you're the best coach. Right, I'd be like, "Oh man, like that's great!" Like because of something I accomplished, boy, that's cloud nine. You would take, you have to get some butter to fit my head through the door because I'd be so, you know, just gassed up. So. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> so no, yeah, it is. that's really? good. That's good stuff, man. Really, really good stuff. Now, I want to ask you to give a little bit of advice to to current high school players or college players that might be listening. When it comes to playing at the pro level, because I think there's always a misconception. I think there's just it's part of the dream, right? You you over you overestimate or underestimate, however you want to look at it. But what advice would you give them concerning you know playing at the pro level? Well, it's it's hard. It's really hard. It's not as easy as as what it may seem. You know, it's not it's not going on social media and Instagram and seeing highlights and, and that makes you a, a pro. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot harder than that. It takes a lot of time and effort. Uh, it takes a lot of sacrifice, like we talked about. It takes surrounding yourself with the right people, like we talked about. It's kind of like what we've talked about the last 25, 30 minutes. Yeah. And even if all those things do go right, there's still no guarantee. Yeah. Um, you have to put in time. And it's not just these, you know, social media drives me crazy with, with these highlight tapes and all that. And, <laughs> you know, you can see right through all that, but 
you know, you have to put the work in because if you're, I mean, there's, there's kids all across the world that are, are that are putting, putting in work and, um, you know, if you don't, it, it's not going to happen. I think it's, I mean, to be honest, it's, it's, it's not as easy as you think, but it is, it's, you got to work hard, uh, in anything, whether it's, you want to play professionally or you want to, you know, be a lawyer or a, police officer, whatever you want to be, I think you got to work at it. And, you know, like they always say, there's no substitute for hard work. And if if you put your work in and and maybe, you know, it it might not work out. You could work, you could work your butt off your whole life and to be a professional basketball player and it might not work. But at the end of that, you'll feel, you'll feel fulfilled because you gave everything you had. You know, I think I gave everything I had and I've lost, thousands of games it doesn't always work out but i mean uh, basketball sports is, is black and white you you win or you lose uh in, in in the games but i feel like i've won the old, you know the big game yeah you know and i think if if you put in if you put in all the work and, and you know that you've you've tried hard and, and you've done it the right way that when you get old and you're lying on your deathbed you look back and, and be very very satisfied with with how your career went, whether that was playing in the NBA or whether it was, you know, playing uh, doesn't matter. But you know, everyone's success is different, and how you value it is is different too. So yeah. just because I'm not, you know, just because I'm not LeBron James, I don't feel less satisfied with how my career went. I, I feel like I feel like I had a great career, and I'm I'm very very happy about it. Yeah, because you could if you I don't know if we could jump into some of these. You know, crazy mega all star, you know, superstar players' minds. You never know. Some of them may have never been satisfied with what their production was or their experience. That's why I always ask players about how did you experience things, even though it looked good from the outside. What was your experience like? What lens did you see it through? Because all of us can be kind of fooled into thinking, "Oh, they have they have it great. They must love life. They must, you know, they're the goat or whatever." Right. And into themselves, they're thinking, God, I never accomplished enough. I never did enough, never made enough money. Or maybe I made enough money, but I just never got but, to the right. place I wanted to exactly. be. Exactly. And like you said, playing, exactly. the, playing the long game, man. Like being happy about the long game. Not the short-term stuff. Not the uh, immediate gratification. But understanding, like, this thing takes time. And when I look back, I'm happy with what I what I did. So that's great, man. Really, really good. Now, Going back to kind of maybe your pro days, your college days, uh, after all the attention and visibility in your world, man, uh, even even now, you know, because, man, after you hit that shot, it was like it was everywhere. Uh, right. Do you, do you know or did you know or have you ever had a, a security in your identity? Have you always had that? You know, I've always, well, not, I mean, now at 38, I know who I am. I mean, I know who I am as a player. I know who I am as a father, a husband, uh, as a person. Um, I think naturally everyone goes through that, goes through like who you are. Yeah. And I, I think, I think what we've talked about um, helps all that. Like when, if you surround yourself with, with people who are going to tell you the truth, who are going to humble you, you, you find yourself uh, finding your identity quicker. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's part of the reasons I've had, uh, success is I've always known who I was as, as a player. I never thought I was, um, I think, well, I don't, I never, I always thought of myself as the best player in a, in a confident way, but I always thought of myself as, 
you know, a guy who's just going to, you know, try to help everybody else too. And, yeah. and it didn't matter. Um, it didn't matter, you know, if I was the leading scorer or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, so I think that helps big time, yeah. you know, knowing who you are uh, in anything. Like it's, you know, just being confident, um, not being insecure. Um, this is who I am. Um, you like me or not, but this is who I am. So I'm at. And I, I think I figured that out um, maybe a little quicker than, than others have. Um, but that's all a product of, you know, your environment and who you surround yourself with and not being, not being put up on this pedestal at at a very young age that, you know, is detrimental to how you grow up. You know, these kids, some of these kids grow up and they're the best player in the world. They're told they're the best player in the world from a very young age. It's hard to change that. It's hard to change their identity when, I mean, and if you do, it's, it can go south real quick. Yeah. You know, my next question is about your support system, but I think you've answered that throughout the whole interview in that, you know, they've been there with you through thick and thin and, you know, tell, you know, humbling you, praising you as well, I'm sure, when things are going really good. And then, you're, of course, your one daughter telling you that you're the greatest basketball player. You know, those, so those are the things that your support system does, man. They, they bring you the sweet and the sour at times. And it's all timely, I think. I, I believe that, you know, here again, having been married for 17 years and having four kids, like there's all these moments of, uh, you know, elation. And then there's moments of humility, probably more humility uh, in my, because I have four daughters. Yeah. So there's a lot of humility involved in that. So yeah, your support system is, is, is really, is sounds like it's everything to you. Would that be accurate? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it started, you know, obviously with my parents, my two sisters. Uh, but, but now, you know, to, to be a, a father of, of three kids and, you know, married for, you know, almost 11 years now, um, you know, like you talk about, like you come home and and they necessarily don't, they care that, they care that you win uh, and they care that you lose. But, you know, that's, that's not what it's, that's not what's important at that moment. And, um, now do we not, do we still not take it serious and and not pissed off if we lose course? But I think you find, you find yourself, uh, you know, evaluating what's really, truly important. And and now it's, you know, naturally as athletes, you grow up thinking about yourself all the time. And then once you have kids and you have a wife, you know, you learn to be more patient, more unselfish, more understanding of what's truly important and they, they've given me incredible balance um, because I was miserable to be around um, during times when, when I wasn't performing well or my team wasn't performing well and, and they, it would, I would let it linger for a long time I'd bring it home with me um, I know I wasn't happy to be around for my, my parents my sisters my, my girlfriend now my wife you know now I think I have, I've I understand and I'm still not I'm probably not the nicest guy, but I'm closer <laughs> to that point. Um, so they give you balance. I think that's key. I think you need balance, especially in a, a world of of sports where, like we said, it's it's black and white. Especially for coaches, man. If, you, yeah. if you're not winning, then it's it's uh, you know you're done. I mean, and then and then you don't know where's your next stop, where's your next job, and yeah, uh, it's a very unfortunate way to to live. But um, to find that balance is is really crucial. Yeah, fighting for balance every day seems like, you know, through through thick and thin, man, fighting for balance. Like, 
I think that's always important for all of us because sometimes we get too, uh, you know, given the pandemic and everything else happening that's crazy in this world, uh, in particular here in the United States, uh, sometimes you feel out of balance, out of whack. You don't know what's going to happen. So you really got to fight for that balance. I think that's great. Exactly. Now, my last question, you know, looking back on your career, your life, all that, uh, do you feel that your future is brighter than your past? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've I, I never, um, you know, I've been fortunate to, to do a lot of things in my life um, through the game of basketball, and, and that's it's been an incredible experience for my first 38 years on this on this planet, but you know, it's the opportunity to raise you know three kids and, and yeah. see where they go. I think that's kind of what's that's the most important thing. So, yeah, that's my future. Um, obviously, my future is is going to have to is going to be dealing with in basketball, but you know, my playing days, you know, are are over soon. Um, so, um, but I don't think that's the you know that's going to be the measuring stick for for my legacy or my why I'm here it's you know how how I can be a father and husband and I think that's the most exciting part for me in the next you know 30 to 40 years is you know watching them grow up um, watching them have successes and failures and that's why you know that's why I feel like you know my future is a lot brighter than than what has happened already for me Travis I appreciate your time man I really do I thank you for sharing your thoughts your perspective and your story with us uh, just really, you know, really appreciate it, man. Like I said, I watched your career and thought the world of everything you did, man. And so uh, getting to know you a little bit better, man, it's, it's really, really a treat. Well, yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. It was, uh, it was, it was enjoyable. This is uh, one of the better ones I've, I've done. It's, it was insightful. I appreciate the questions. It's, it's fun to talk to you. No, likewise. Thank you so much.